I, if I recall correctly, and I, don't, I can never determine whether it's a memory or an, like a made-up memory, mm-hmm. but I think you were running behind because you had a photo shoot or a book club or something that was going on. And so you were basically like, hi and goodbye. So the first time I met you in the CT it was maybe under 10, 15 minutes. Or I had a night class. Or there was something that was just like, it wasn't like it an ideal I situation. book club. Yeah. I don't know. But so at least we've known each other for five to seven years or so. And yeah. we've tried... We've tried to make a podcast at least one time before, mm-hmm. um, in theory, more more times than that. But with more birthdays comes more knowledge, right? More maturity. Hopefully. Ideally. It's the goal. It's the goal. But uh, Caleb, uh, as a respiratory therapist and Anthony as a nurse, you see a lot of the um, health sides, the health issues, the, the crises that we're seeing in West Virginia. Um I'm graduating from seminary, so I see a little more of the, you know, theological drifts and so forth from, from the elites and so forth, the professors. But uh, we we had a passion for the state, and for really the people of Appalachia for a while. We recognize that there is a niche here that is not being met by any means, really, really and truly, and um, as an audience that uh, we want to reach out to it. We think it's important that it, they hear from someone who is in their region, right? So someone in California, for instance, isn't going to be able to speak on the issues that Appalachians are facing every day. Um, and although we are young, that's fully admitted, um, there is a lot of um, truth and, and um, things that we can bring to the table. We believe that are helpful in some way or another. Um, we recognize there are some shortcomings. And uh, again, with more birthdays, we'll get past that too. But we wanted to have some sort of launch day for this podcast for for a while now. I mean, years really. And uh, I, th- I think that uh, really the reason it's such an important idea to us is our passion is really why we want to do this. Anthony really can speak towards that more than I can. Well, and for why we want to do it and why us also um appalachia is really a um, forgotten region Uh, we get uh, we get trampled a lot in culture we get trampled a lot in um, politics um i think of when people talk about things like um like different people of different ethnicities and different races, whatever terminology you want to use there, who've been stereotyped for centuries, you know. Um, and you can think of different racial stereotypes and different groups that are stereotyped in different ways. Appalachians have been stereotyped for centuries. Um, we're stereotyped as being stupid, ignorant, uneducated hillbillies, and we don't have anything to offer to the rest of the country. Um, there was just someone just shared a, a series of tweets that I saw that because everyone, all the Democrats are mad at uh, Joe Manchin because he's blocking all these different proposals and, and stuff. And uh, people on Twitter have just been reaming West Virginia, you know, said things like West Virginia is useless. It's a drain on, um, it's a drain on resources. They don't contribute to anything, you know, and that's obviously a point that can be debated in a, in a bunch of different facets, but that's the way that people view us as uh, really in a lot of ways as people, as individuals. Um, 
we're, like I said, we're uneducated, we're stupid. And so we wanted to be a voice for Appalachians who feel that stereotype um, when they watch the news or when they scroll on social media or when they go out of town, whatever it is, they feel, they know that they are being stereotyped. They know that they're being looked down on for no other reason other than where they're from, other than uh, where they were born, where they're raised, and where they live. And a lot of people in this region never want to leave this region, never really want to leave their state because it's home. This is where our roots are. We went to Alaska when I graduated nursing school. We went to Alaska for about 10 days. And when we came back, we were driving in from Pittsburgh and we crossed the West Virginia state line. And Abby had fallen asleep in the back seat. Her parents were bringing us in. And she looked around and she said, the thing that I missed them as much as we love being in Alaska and it's beautiful out there. Um, you look to one side and you've got just open, open water, open ocean. And then you look up to the other side and it's these huge towering mountains. And she said, but the one thing that I miss is that in, in West Virginia, you really feel nestled kind of in the Hills. It's like a hug. You just feel so, <clears throat> you just feel so comforted being here. And so a lot of people in West Virginia, the Western West Virginia and Western Virginia, um, down into the Carolinas, they feel at home. They feel rooted. There's a real sense of identity based upon where they're from. Um, to my knowledge, people in like parts of Nebraska don't have that same side of that same kind of rootedness in being from Nebraska. You know, a friend of mine was uh, active army. He told me that in all his years that he was active duty and all the deployments that he went on, there were two states specifically where people had the most pride for being from that state. And it was Texas and West Virginia. Um, <clears throat> and so when you, when you have that mixture of, I love where I'm from, I'm really proud to be here, to be from this place, but the rest of the country hates me and the rest of the country thinks little of me. Um, you kind of jealously, you guard your, your home. You can get really, de really defensive about it, right, rightly so. And so we want to be defensive and, def and kind of be um, a voice to show Appalachians that there are other people in this part of the country that think like you, that deeply care about issues in the way that you do, um, that are concerned about things that you are concerned about, and why we are the we are the three that are kind of tackling this is for some of the reasons that Josiah mentioned that we're not pastors, we're not uh, seminary professors, we don't we're not um, we don't have doctorates in these things, we're not political scientists. You know, we just we live and we work and we study in this region. We see these uh, the different battles and the different different struggles that go on day in day day out. For example, the first thing that comes to my mind is I think everybody, I mean, there's no way to verify this one way or the other, but I'm just convinced of it, that everybody in the state of West Virginia is no less than two degrees separated from somebody who is OD'd or two degrees separated from somebody who is addicted to some sort of substance, you know, be it um, opiates or, or meth or pills or whatever it is, you know, addiction just has run rampant. Um, and so those sort of we're, we're here, you know, we're not, um, I bring that up to say that we're here and we're not some elitist snooty college professor who, you know, is reading the numbers and reading statistics about opiate overdose or who is reading, um, some, you know, some guy out in San Diego who's just reading literature about 
all this, you know, podunk town of Huntington has all these overdoses, you know. No, we know people who have overdosed. And Caleb and I, being medical, have seen not necessarily um, overdoses, not necessarily um, out in the field seeing people overdose, but seeing seeing the effects of it that it has on people later on. Um, So... That's we we want to we want to reach out to a group of people to a region of people that feels disenfranchised that feels um, all at once forgotten about and also hated, all at once forgotten about and also looked down upon, and we wanted to do it from from their perspective because we are because we are them, um, and I think it's really important that understand that people understand that we're not. Because because I'm because I'm not a um, professional, uh, some sort of professional scholar or professional intellectual. When I talk to someone who has, who's who's from the region, who has a strong opinion about addiction, be it one way or the other, you know, whether you're a um, everybody should carry Narcan type of person or you're the type of person that thinks if, if you if you OD that's a decision you made and we shouldn't waste the resources on you you know whichever wherever you land in that area uh, and there are strong opinions either way when I'm when we're talking about those things we're not really coming at it from a neutral position and we're feeling the effects and we're seeing the effects and that and that plays out into everything that plays out into tax policies that plays out into uh, into welfare and food stamps and educational philosophies and all of that, all of that sort of stuff. Um, and I just think it's really important that people that listen understand that. So people that are in from the region understand it and anyone outside of Appalachia can hear it and can say, wow, there are some, there are some people that there are people that live in those hills. There are people that live in those hollers that live this, that deal with this every day in, in some way. Um, and I want to hear what they have to say, not the the op-ed for the for the New York Times of some guy that couldn't even pick West Virginia off a map. Um, and I say that tongue in cheek, but it's just a, it's just a running joke that people want to give us up the road all the time. But you go any any further west than in Indiana and tell them you're from West Virginia, and they always ask how far you away how far away are you from Richmond? Mm-hmm. Always, always, you know. Um, so that's the why. It's just it's just. Uh, Really, really important, at least specifically to, I mean, to all of us, but really important to me also. Um, so you, Caleb was going to tackle the format, I yeah, think, more of how, how we're going to address that. Yeah, and, and and really even coming from what you're saying, and I remember I was in the coal fields, you know, of West Virginia, so we're talking really, really rural, and I was converted uh, in college, like early into college, went back to a church in the coal fields, moved back there. And I remember sort of feeling like I was on an island in a way with what I was trying to search out. And when I was trying to study the scriptures, there were some people not in the region, you know, that I'm looking to Florida, you know, with like Ligonier ministry mm-hmm. say, or if I'm looking, there's a guy named John MacArthur in California and listening to his sermons. But where are the people here that are discussing, you know, things that to connect with and latch on to, where are the people from within our region who share the same streets and hills and hollers and all these things? They live and they have the same practical issues we have, like you're saying, but also they come from the same theological background because there are things growing up here in the churches or being around the churches that we grew up around um, that Christians in this area you know, struggle uniquely with certain things. 
And one of those would even be like a skepticism of outsiders that plays into it. And, you know, we lose a lot of people even for theological reasons. You know, I'd say that's true if you wanted to go to seminary. You couldn't do it here. Mm -hmm. You're going to move out. And then if you get really excited about moving out of here and you think it's all so great to go to some big city or whatever and you forget where you came from, something I remember hearing with from J.I. Packer in like a class that I listened to a lecture on was this thought that the Puritans had that, you know, on God's providence that, even where you're born, you know, your family, it's kind of obvious to say, well, you know, God placed you there. But truly, we were mm-hmm. all born here. This is where our families are from. This is the place that God has placed us. Now, we may move for certain reasons or do something. You know, it's not like that is forbidden. But at the same time, like these are the people God placed around us. We have experience and connection to these people uniquely. You know, being from the coal fields and seeing how those churches are and understanding why they think what they think or how they approach things, that is unique. And to not leave, but to stay and try to, you know, uh, discuss and pursue the scriptures alongside others in the region for the glory of God. And then using these things, the podcast, you know, a website with the blog and these various mediums. Those are outlets for that. So thinking where I was, having a real difficult time trying to connect with other Christians who maybe were like-minded or were at least open and looking to discuss things like, uh, you know, maybe talk about politics, Mm -hmm. level-headed. How do the scriptures flesh out in, you know, the political realm? Or, you know, being learning new things as far as, well, how's the Old Testament relate? now is it just totally separated you know it's like a caboose that is lost from the tracks you know the train Mm -hmm. now or or what does that look like there's just only certain thoughts that you had within the region and then connecting and listening and being challenged um and studying the scriptures further having people from the area to do it talking to you being someone from the area in the region and then using the technology we have available to do that so Of course, now we're talking on a podcast, Mm -hmm. you know, we're doing a little introduction and, you know, roughly just talking about off the cuff, you know, kind of our goals for it and who we're going to reach and all that. I mean, this will be one thing, but we hope to have other podcasts too. Um, Like, uh, you know, one maybe even going through some historical uh, church documents and the value that can be added from there, you know, on the website, a centralized location with different ventures. You know, maybe we're not the only ones that are in this same pursuit. And so we have other people we know and other efforts we can connect with and link up with. Um, you know, if, if there's even the blogs, you know, that we're going to, we plan to kind of put out and make series on, you know, all under that same goal of taking the scriptures to this to bear over this culture in this area um and in a personal way hopefully in a very practical way you know legitimately so not just the standard um somewhat impersonal or um non-relatable way that you may hear some things you know not just reciting what the scripture says from a surface level, mm-hmm. but how does it actually work out into daily life? That's, that seemed to be a very different discussion. So if we take the various platforms, you know, like we're saying, the podcast, website, blog, other joint ventures, 
I think there's a lot of benefit for Christians in the area, and maybe even for people that don't believe, you know, to hear what our thoughts really are, and we would hope that they would hear the gospel truly presented and maybe even reach out looking for a church, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, a connection or something. But uh, regardless, I think this is filling a void that we perceived, that we all experienced, and uh, hopefully over time we'll at minimum spark conversations and study of the Bible and pursuit of God in various aspects of life and uh, different areas of Christian living. Um, but, you know, at maximum or ideal, that this would in some ways be what I used to say and pray for when I was in the coal fields was that that church, you know, or that area, those efforts would be like the Geneva, Switzerland during the Reformation you know, center for missionary, uh, you know, creation and theological teaching and even political advancements, um, different thoughts and advances in those, especially because we are kind of looked at so negatively. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so for this region to uh, to actually, instead of being the least, to be the greatest somewhat in like a theological uh, sort of way. Um, but yeah. I mean, that's kind of some of our avenues and goals and some things we'd like to see and have to see kind of how it all works out. It'd be interesting right. in a year <laughs> to mm. be like, well, here's where we're at now. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but we, we recognize, yeah. you know, the limitations and the uniqueness of the area. Mm. As you said, we want our subjects and topics to be practical and useful for the area. I remember reading um, a, an article by Russell Moore entitled, Should You Baptize Robots? Right. And those are questions I can promise you that no one in Appalachia is asking. Nobody. Not a single one. They're asking questions like, why could a loving God allow my uh, cousin to overdose on heroin or anything like that or opioids or something? Those types of questions hit a lot harder than whether or not we should baptize robots. So we may address a few fringe topics here and there as they come up in, in, in our area. But our main focus is certainly going to be things that people are talking about on the streets things that people are talking about in this area in Appalachia. And I, I do want to point out, too, that we had mentioned things about West Virginia. We, we mentioned several things pinpointed in West Virginia. But our, our focus is well beyond that. It's really anything that's in the Appalachian area. Yeah, the only reason we're focusing on West Virginia is because we're West Virginians. Right, and you have to. Uh, and and <laughs> I've, uh, I'm you know native here, so I'm a little bit biased, but I think West Virginia gets a special claim because we are – uh, factoid, we're the only state that's 100% Appalachian Mountain. Mm-hmm. So um, if anybody gets to be Appalachians, it's, it's us. Right. We're the capital of Appalachia. Right. We, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we are the mountain mama. Um, so, but also, not only Josiah mentioned, um, you know, the types of questions that people ask or not, um, these high pollutant questions about, you know, baptizing robots, which, I mean, was a real article. It's like an actual article that was written and published. Well, you can Google it. It's there. You can Google it. I, sh- I remember sharing it when it first came out, talking about this exact thing. This is like elitism of like stuff that doesn't really matter, you know? Um, and I think Russ Moore is the worst offender of that, but that's another show. Um, the- but talk about stuff that doesn't really matter. And people commented and were trying to explain like why it was important and why it mattered. And I just remember thinking like, you guys never thought about this before you read this article. Yeah. 
and you haven't thought about it since. <laughs> like there's not you're not like losing sleep at night over what do I do with my Roomba? Like what do I do? You know, what do I do with with my Alexa, you know? Um but also there is an anemia of uh, theological training among, amongst pastors. And so I guess some of that fallout is to be a resource for lay people who's who unfortunately um, not to talk down on anybody, but just a fact of the matter is pa- whose pastors don't know um, systematic theology, who don't know theology at all. You know, who uh, their thought their thought of preaching is take a couple of verses and then jump up and scream and yell until, until I'm red in the face, and then we have an altar call and we go home. You know, and there's no sort of uh, progression through the scriptures of taking stuff a verse at a time, and so we want to be resource to the lay people. And also a, lay, a, a resource to clergy, a, re, a resource to people who are responsible for shepherding the souls of people. So while you have this, um, this, this elitism that goes on, you have people who are really, really struggling with, like you said, why did my, why did my cousin overdose? You know, why did, uh, well, okay, I'm a, I'm a coal miner. I've lost my job. What do I do now? Where do I go from here? Do I stay in the region that I've lived my entire life? Or do I up and move in order to find work to provide for my family? You know, I'm a I'm a medical professional, and there's a real shortage here. But it um, it's not super glamorous work, you know. Or there's other better paying jobs in better parts of the country. So what you know, what do I do? Um, these are the types of questions that people that people are thinking about. And people are asking, and those are the types of things that we really want to be able to address. 